This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. But I want to get into the word this morning. I've got a couple of scriptures that I would like to share. Some of them are on, on the PowerPoint and some of them I added last night, early morning, um, as the Lord laid them laid them on my heart. But I want to read John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's quite, quite a bold statement and maybe you are sitting here today and you maybe don't believe that Jesus is the only way. Or maybe I'm preaching to the converted over here, but I also know that this message is being streamed on Facebook. So maybe you are watching and when I read this, this statement, everything within you stood up. And you think, no, he's not talking the truth. So I'm going to start by just going through some scriptures to validate what I just said. Or maybe you are sitting here today and you know the truth, but you sort of lost the way. You're sort of not 100% certain if you are following or where God is leading and I had quite an interesting situation a couple of days ago. I had to go and fetch, Talita was out of, out of town and I had to go and fetch um, the children. One had a play date and then both of them had a swimming class. And so it was my responsibility to get them from the play date and then to the swimming class. And yo, mummies, if, if there are mummies here today that's driving kids around, Wow. Well done. It's, it's quite a task, a mammoth task to get the children from point A to point B. But in any case, so I text the mummy and she sends me the, the, the place where they are living and I punch it into Google Maps because I've got about 10 minutes from where they stay to get back on the other side of Somerset West to where the swimming classes are and everything. The GPS tells me, okay, it's, it's in this direction. So I checked it out. I put my phone down because I know more or less where it is. And then, whilst I was driving, my phone went dead. And I'm like, oh, how will I now know where this place is? And I'm stuck. I had to actually stop next to the road. And unfortunately, I had a battery pack that I could plug my phone into so that I could see where it is, but it takes a, takes a while for that phone to actually go on after it has been switched off. So I had to patiently wait for that phone to come on, and my time was like running out. And when it came on, I was fortunately close, close by, but also very far from the other place, and I just ran in, and yeah, I just ran in and went to fetch went to fetch my boy and I was just in time for, for the swimming class. But there was another part that happened, which I'm also going to share quickly before we continue with the word. Whilst I was driving, I asked the Lord 
what am I doing? What is the purpose of me going to fetch my child? Now, the purpose is to fetch my child, to take him to swimming, but what is the spiritual purpose of me going to that place? And whilst I was, was praying, the Lord just revealed me something of, of the mother, and he wanted me to give a word to, to this lady, and then all of this happened and there was no time. And I was like, yo, Lord, I really wanted to share what, what is on your heart, but the time just didn't allow for me to actually have just a clear moment with, with a mother. And a week later, her boy came over to come and play by our house. And then the Lord reminded me, and I could share the word with a with mother. And, you know, it was just really so amazing to see how God just touched the lady at that point because she was flabbergasted that somebody could hear God's, God's word or could hear his voice and actually speak that. You know, when, when we get baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, we are able to hear his voice and we can communicate what is on his heart. Okay, let me get back to the message. Or maybe you are sitting here and you are not obedient at following Jesus. And this message this morning is going to be very encouraging. But let's first validate. Why is Jesus the only way to the Father? He is the Son of God. There was a voice in Matthew 3.17. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. See, there was a voice that came out of heaven that was God's voice that validated who Jesus is. Now, everybody that was there at that time heard that voice. So it wasn't only Jesus that heard that voice. Everybody that was there heard the voice. Man is self sinful and desperate in, in desperate need of salvation. Ephesians 1 verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You see, Jesus paid the ultimate price. He caused for us to have the possibility of a relationship with our Father in heaven. Now, I went to a talk earlier this week where somebody came to speak and they used the following example. They took out a note and this specific person witnesses a lot under people that's living on the street. That is, you know, they don't have any place to go, they live on the street. And he says he normally what he does is he takes a 200 rand or 100 rand note up and he asks them, who wants this? Who wants this? And um, then a lot of people would, basically everybody would, would pick up or put their hand up. And then he would go like this. He would like crush it. And he would say, who wants it? And everybody puts their hand up. And then he would take this and he would like spit, spit on it or step on it. Ooh, it's running away. It's like a little ball. Like that. 
then he would ask, who wants this? And still everybody put their hand up. You see, each one of us that is sitting here, each one that is listening, you've got a value. And the value that you have is so valuable that Jesus would die on the cross to forgive your sins, to redeem what you have been stuck in, that sinful life. Jesus came to redeem that because he loves you. He loves you so much and he wants you to have peace. He wants you to have freedom. But most of all, he wants you to have relationship with our Father. You see, when we meet him, he comes and he takes all these wrinkles out and he changes us more and more into his image. But you see, this life or this value can only be redeemed. You can have like thousands or millions of rands in the bank. But value is only created when that money is exchanged, when it buys something, when it does something. Otherwise, it's just money. It doesn't have any value. And this morning, I want to tell you that your life has got value, but your life has got a purpose. Your life has got a purpose in Christ. He wants us to go out and to be what he has called us to be. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself over here. I want to read something that I found on the internet on News 24. So I didn't take a reference from the Bible. Maybe somebody is um, saying, but everything that you just said is something that is in Scripture. But let's, let's see what... News 24 has to say on the 12th of the 5th of 2014. The historian H.D. Wells famously said, a man's greatness can be measured by what he leaves to grow and whether he started others to think along fresh lines with a vigor that persisted after him. By this test, Jesus stands first. Time magazine wrote, if you, if it, it would require much exotic calculation to deny that the single most powerful figure, not merely in these two millenniums, but in all human history, has been Jesus of Nazareth. A serious argument can be made that no one else's life has proved remotely as powerful and enduring as that of Jesus. The Wall Street Journal said, science can't ignore Jesus. Most scholars, barring the stray atheists, have already accepted Jesus of Nazareth as a historic person. Most of the chief civilian civilizations all agree to Christ's birth as the start of a new era and called it AD, Anno Domino, or the year of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? So historians, scientists, scholars, writers, political leaders, 
and many others, past and present, all agree Jesus of Nazareth was someone truly special. Was he the greatest man that ever lived, though? A role model of life. Why not? Jesus Christ's life seems to cut across different religions, languages, barriers, and nationalities alike. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 and 19, New King James Version. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Let's look at John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, this is Martha, and this is just after Lazarus, uh, a brother passed on. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's asking her, do you believe this? We know what her response was. The proof of Jesus being the only way. Many confessed in scripture that he is the Christ, both Jews and non-Jews. I think of the prisoner that was hanging next to Jesus on the cross. He said, remember me when you enter paradise. The Roman centurion, after Jesus died, he said, surely... This is the Son of God. Now these are people that, that has not necessarily walked with Jesus like his disciples. But Jesus was revealed through them. If we look at the life of Paul, I wrote there S-P-O-S-Paul. Because he was first Saul and he was actually persecuting Christians. He was killing them for their faith because they followed Jesus. Can you imagine that? And he wrote most of the New Testament. Then he had an encounter with Jesus and his life was transformed. And he started to proclaim Christ. He went all over the world to testify that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the one. John 1, 4, 14 and 16 says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior to the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. If we read John 14, 4 to 6, so it's just two verses before that, um, it says, and where I go, that's Jesus speaking, you know, he's speaking to his disciples, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe we feel a little bit like Thomas. I was sitting yesterday or the day before I was sitting and we currently at my parents' holiday place in, in Onrus River, we took a couple of days off. And whilst I was busy preparing for, for the sermon, I recall this two people that was walking past our, our house and I was sitting on the stoop outside and I could see these people wanted something. And then I thought by myself, now this is confession time. I thought, I don't have time now. I'm too busy. So I'll make a plan. I will not make eye contact with the people that is walking past. I will sort of just like look away. And they walk right past me. And I thought, yes, I can continue preparing the message for today. And guess what happened? Then the woman turned around and she walked straight to our house. And my father came along and she knocked and she asked if she can have something to eat. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, just this morning I asked God to send people over my path that I can minister the gospel. And I was having this just this moment with God, how can I be too busy to prepare God's word and not be in a position or have time to, to share the word of God with this lady that is hungry? You see, she's not only hungry for bread, she's hungry for the word of God. Okay, I'll tell the story further. So, I decided to ask my wife to make something to, to eat and then I went out and I went to sit or speak to, to this lady. And whilst I was speaking to her, the Lord just revealed a lot of things about her life and I could share just so many things with her and I could just share the good news of Jesus with her how much she loves her and how much she knows what she has undergone. You see, maybe you are sitting over here and there's a lot of background noise that is going on in your life and you can't see Jesus clearly. But this morning, I want to invite you. Come and dine with Jesus. Come and sit with him. So my question is, how can Thomas not know where Jesus is going or the way to follow? John 20, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Let me just sketch the context. So, this is after Jesus died, after he was crucified. After the third day, the disciples 
were all sitting together. And what I see in the scripture is that the doors were shut and they were scared of the Jews. That's why the doors were shut. And I just love the way that Jesus enters the scene. He, say, he comes in and he says, peace be with you. Isn't that awesome? They are so scared. They are just wanting to hide away because they know they have been with Jesus and the Jews will persecute them because they were followers of Jesus. So they were all in that room together. They didn't know where to go, what to do. They know that they were wanted. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So they were sitting together. Jesus walks in. He says, peace to you and I send you. The same like I've, I was sent, I send you out and he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. Isn't that awesome? Peace be with you. But the plot thickens, the plot thickens. And, and this is not to take Thomas out. I'll speak a little bit about Thomas a bit later. But now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve was not with him when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of nails and put my finger into the print of nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. These are the people that he walked with and they told him about Jesus, that Jesus has truly risen. And he says, no way. I first want to put my finger in his hand and I want to put my hand into his side so that then only I will believe. Then only I will believe that he has been raised from the dead. John 20, 26 and 27. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. When Jesus came, the doors being shut, the doors being shut again. And he stood in the midst and said, again, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, word of knowledge, reach, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have seen, have not seen, and yet have believed. Verse 31, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. But these are written that you may believe 
that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Sure. Let's look at John 21, verse 2 and 3. The plot even thickens after this. So Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Check this out. Now this is, they already saw Jesus twice. And poor Simon Peter, he's, he's denied Jesus just before he was crucified. But he, but he saw Jesus. Then he said, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. What is hengel in English? Angling. Oh, I was Googling that word this morning, but it just, um, in Google Translate, it just says fishing. But they went angling. You know what the difference is between fishing and angling? Who knows what the difference is? Where's the fisherman here? When you go angling, you catch nothing. When you fish, you fish, you get fish. So that's the difference. So we must actually correct it over here. I'm going angling, or they went angling. <laughs> Maybe they intended to go and fish. But the question this morning, what is that comfort zone? What is that thing that we are doing that is taking us back to our old comfort zones. Because fishing was a thing that they knew. They knew fishing. So they just defaulted to go back to the sea, to go and try and catch fish. What is that thing that is making us so busy that we are not focusing on Jesus? That we, are, when we are, that we are not seeing Jesus. What is your comfort zone? What is our excuse? What is immediately important? Just in that previous example that I shared out of my own life, there was a lot of comfort that was immediately important. But Jesus wants us to step out into obedience to follow him. Okay, so it's getting better. It's getting better here. John 21, verse four and five says, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. I just I absolutely love the way that Jesus enters this scene. Because he, know, he knows the men are normally hungry, so he asks, have you caught anything? Is there any food? And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I think they immediately knew when they heard those, those words. Just put your nets out on the other side. Those familiar words of Jesus. 
And what happened? They were obedient. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. You see, when I would have been in, in a situation like that, many times the Thomas in us stands up or we would say, but yo, you have not been obedient. I've revealed myself twice to you and yet you go back to your old ways. But what does Jesus do? Totally contrary to what our incline, our normal incline would be. He says, come, have breakfast with me. Come and sit with me. And then he had fish and everything ready. I don't know about uh, fish at, at breakfast, but um, he had fish. He had breakfast ready for them. And what did, what did they speak about? About intimacy. At breakfast, come to me. Even though you have wandered off, even though you have gone to your old ways, come to me. Come to me. Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Maybe they felt like really condemned that he caught them in the act of not being obedient and going back to their old ways. But Jesus said, come and eat with me. I want to read another scripture in John 8 verse 11 and 12. And she said, no one, Lord. Maybe you know this part. See, this lady, she was caught in adultery. She was caught in the act. Can you imagine that? And then they went to catch her. As they caught her, they brought her to Jesus. Because they wanted to see what his response would be. Because they knew already what their response would be. And what did Jesus do? Jesus kept quiet. It says there in scripture that they actually continued, they were persistent in asking him, what does he say? Because they very well knew what the law says. They knew. Jesus kept quiet and started to write on the ground. And then those famous words came. He said, the first one without sin throw the first stone. And they left one by one from old to young. They left. And then Jesus looked up again and he looked at this woman and he asked her, where did your accusers go? And then she said, 
They all left. We continue here. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. See, the way can only be found when we surrender, when we give everything over to Him. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.